This is Harrison Kim, and you're listening to Working With People by PaveStep. The Working With People podcast is for executives, managers, and people leaders. We bring people experts together to provide you with relevant content on how to think about and manage your most important asset, your talent. We have Ali here with us today. How are you? I'm great. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Likewise. Where are you calling in from? I am calling in from One World Trade in New York City on the 74th floor, looking out at this lovely weather we're having. You must have an amazing view, though. We do have an amazing view. Currently, it's obstructed by clouds, but it is normally an amazing view. It's the best place to watch a sunset. (laughs) Oh, that's true. That's true. Um, So today, we're going to be talking about accelerating employee success across your organization. Uh, But before we get there, let's talk a little bit about you. Uh, What do you do? Tell me more. Okay, cool. Well, I'm currently the chief of staff at Wonderkend, um, title I've held for a couple of years, but a role that has expanded quite a bit over time. So I initially came to New York, you know, to be famous, to be on Broadway. I have a theater degree and thought I was going to do that for many, many years. And it is still a huge passion of mine, but along the way worked about seven or eight weird odd jobs and um, some of which I loved and some of which I didn't, but all of which I learned (laughs) from. (laughs) And I ended up working as a personal assistant, met our CEO at the time. He tried to get me to come onto this company that was Bounce Exchange then. And I was like, Ryan, no, I was like, I'm never, I'm never going to have a nine to five job. That sounds like death. I don't want to sit at a desk and I will never forget. He just was like, you will never have to sit at a desk and it will never be nine to five. And he has been right on both accounts. Uh, my desk is storage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's got, it's, it looks kind of like the inside of my car in college. It has like four <laughs> pairs of shoes, a couple jackets, a can of Pringles, a few coffee cups, a bottle of wine nice. for a pinch. Um, and so I came on here, started as an EA, knew absolutely nothing, was Googling what does B2B stand for and what's a series B when I joined. And I now oversee our people, talent, HR, and culture functions here, as well as like some more day-to-day chief of staff stuff. I like the strategic planning and all of that. So I love my job. I love what I do. And I love how I do it with. Perfect. So let's start with employee success. What does that look like? Uh, is it different? Is it the same across organizations, across different industries? Any thoughts there? I think externally, it looks different across every team and maybe even every employee, depending on how your organization is set up. But internally, I think successful employees are happy employees. They're employees who feel fulfilled. They're employees who like their job and are passionate about their job. That's actually the number one thing I look for when I'm hiring somebody is, are they truly passionate about what they do? Mm. I mean, think about it. You're spending a disproportionate amount of your week at work. And so it should be something that you're passionate about. I'm not saying that you're going to love every single piece about your job, but overall you should feel passionate enough about it to feel like you're making a difference, whether that is literally saving the world, um, which, you know, we're not doing yet, but maybe we will, or it is just doing some really cool marketing, but it should be something that drives you. I also think that successful employees like their teams, um, there is like a camaraderie needed in your work life. Um, And so Internally and like from a personal level, I think there are some similarities and you need to be able to work the way that you want to work. Externally, I think it looks different because you inherently are hiring people to do different things. So like success on the talent team looks different than success on the HR team looks different than success on the customer success team. But you're looking for people who are high performers, people who I think 
also bring a healthy dose of creativity and innovation to their role. We like people here who continually challenge the status quo and can add a little bit of themselves and can add a little bit of flair to their job. I mean, we're in tech, right? And so the second we become complacent or the second that we are just going through the motions every single day is the second you kind of become irrelevant. So I think success is happy employees who are clear about what's expected of them. They need to know what good and great looks like, which I can get into more in a second. I think that's clarity is the single biggest driver of success in my mind that the company can give to employees to set them up for success. But I think internally, good successful employees are employees who are relatively happy and fulfilled and excited about what they're doing. Awesome, awesome. So obviously leaders and managers will play a big, big role when it comes Mm -hmm. to employee happiness and employee success. Any like any thoughts there on what roles they can really play or they should play to really you know maximize that? Totally. I think I'm going to have a slightly different take on this than okay. yes. So you, we can we can get into a healthy debate about this if you want. Um, so I actually think it's crazy hmm. everything that is put on managers um, and everything that is expected of managers. And I feel kind of the same way about HR. And we're doing a little bit we're doing something a little bit different over here at Wonderkind. So as a manager, as a people manager, at least here. Um, and I think that this is not dissimilar to other tech companies. We have managers who manage teams of 70 who are still like running around hopping on a client call. Like they're still doing some level of like IC work. And I love that. It breeds this culture of there's no job too big or too small, but it means that your manager's plates are full. You know, they're managing team dynamics. They're managing external parties, they are managing KPIs, they are literally keeping revenue coming into the business. And then there is this new, or not new, um, but I think in the last couple of years, we've really seen this need for career pathing, for career development. It's no longer just about your static job, it's what's your next job. And that to me, you know, I, I, I manage quite a few people, that to me can feel a little bit overwhelming to then also feel that you're completely in charge, at least, you know, from a professional perspective, mm-hmm. you're completely in charge of someone's happiness and someone's growth, which can feel a little daunting. And I think that like, to be quite honest, it was a place where I felt like we had room to improve. And so last December, I remember sitting on a Zoom screen with this lovely woman named Joyce Ibisma, who is absolutely brilliant. She's a multiple time CHRO and CPO. And we were like, this seems crazy, right? There has to be a better way to do this. There has to be some, you know, supplemental support for managers that we should be able to create. And so we sat down and we really started talking and I was like, this is what we're doing super well. This is where I want to double down. And we came up with this concept, which has now become its own department called performance acceleration. And what it essentially is, is it's in-house coaching Um, because career development is so much more than like, here's your next step. And I think that when you get people who are constantly moving up, but they're feeling burnt out, it's that like, maybe there's not been enough thought put into that next step. And to do true growth, it should be one-to-one. It should be individual. You should be able to dig in with somebody and find out like, what do they like about their job? What do they not like about their job? What motivates them? What drives them? Why do they walk through that door every day? Like what makes them laugh? And I think if you start to dig a little bit on the human side, you're going to start to see what are people's strengths that they know about? What are strengths that they don't know they have? And they're probably not tapping into. And what are things that like, shouldn't be on their plate, but are and belong on somebody else's plate. And they're going to be amazing at them. 
And so if you really start to approach talent strategy from an individual level, and then you can apply that at a macro level, I mean, we're in the middle of the experiment right now, so I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> but my gut is that you have a much higher performing organization of much happier employees. And to be clear, they're working in tandem with managers. They're not just like sitting down and having a session and being like, oh my gosh, you're getting promoted tomorrow. Right, it is right, a collaborative right. effort. But I think that in order to truly, truly invest in employees in the way that we want to, we kind of mimicked what our product does. Uh, we know mm -hmm. marketing is best one-to-one. -one, and I was sitting there thinking, well, shouldn't this work with people too? So right. we are trying that right now. And we have about 400 employees that are getting coaching. Awesome. That's really, really cool. I mean, some companies have you know, started to do this. Well, one, I love kind of your idea and how you're experimenting with this. And I think this is really exciting because you know, you saw some of these things where companies were breaking out of the traditional, like, oh, you're an IC, and then you're a senior IC, and then you're a junior manager, et cetera. Like that first step up, okay, like, you know, does everyone need to be a manager, right? Absolutely not. <laughs> That's crazy. Like, that is like, the, the, you, okay, you asked me about things that like annoy me. Like thinking everybody needs to be a people manager. Everybody does not need to be a people right. manager. I would have been a disaster people manager three years ago, like disaster. <laughs> So you're like, you need to be ready and you need to want to do it. And some people will never want to do it. And that is cool. That is great. Right. Find the people who do want to do it and let them do what they're good at. Right, exactly. And, and even now, I don't think that's necessarily too common, right? In most industries right. where it's kind of like, you've got this great salesperson or great uh, uh, technical person or whatever, this expert. And then you kind of force that person into this manager role where they don't actually get to touch the things that they like. And now they're trying to like manage, you know, the others. And they're like, what am I doing? <laughs> I know, I know. I, it's on, it's hilarious. We, we have um, someone who has done amazing work for us. And I, the first day I met him, he was like, I don't, I don't want to manage people. Yeah. I don't, I'm not going to be happy if I'm managing people. I was like, then why are we trying to hire you for a people manager position? And like, it's always been a thing with me where I was just like, I don't understand. Like if somebody's your top sales rep, I want you selling things. I don't <laughs> yeah. want you managing people. I want you closing business. Yeah. You're like a tip top recruiter. I want you talking to candidates. I don't want you career pathing someone. Yeah. And maybe you're great at both. And there are people who are great at both. But if you are drawn to one aspect of your job, you know, I'm, I'm in the camp of like, get okay at the skills you need to be okay at, but like really double down on the stuff mm -hmm. that makes you special. Yeah. Yeah. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. So you know, with your experiment that's going on right now, as well as some of the other things when you, you know, the initiatives and programs you're putting in place for employee happiness and success, what are some challenges that you've seen? I mean, I think this year or this past 18 months, I mean, what is time anymore? I think you're seeing burnout in a way that, I mean, I've never seen before, I don't think, because yeah. it's not, it's not just coming from a high pressure job, right? It's not coming from demanding clients or just from demanding clients or, you know, tight deadlines or, you know, stress, you know, it's just like normal work stress situations. Mm -hmm. You also have this like weird big year where everyone's life shifted upside down. Right. And, you know, without going like full psychology here humans hate change <laughs> they're super adaptable and they adapt really quickly and then they hate change all over again and so just like a, it's like a little change burnout too and yeah. it's just everything everybody lost their outlets you know I, I can I can only speak for myself but you know I used to do a bunch of theater on the side I would take theater classes I would take film classes and it really like filled my cup in a certain way and when COVID hit 
you know, all of that stopped. And right. a lot of my theater friends and um, people that I used to hang out with, they moved out of the city because there wasn't employment for them anymore. We've got New York rent prices. And so they're, you know, I, because you feel a little bit out of control in your personal life, I think that right. leads into your work life. And that's sort of what we're talking about here. It's really hard to separate the two. Yeah. So yeah. we're seeing burnout. I mean, that's like coupled with like personal stress, burnout. And that's a hard thing to combat in yeah. work. And I think what we're really trying to do here is understand that. And, you know, sounds like cheesy advice, but just really trying to be humans in a year that has felt like it's taken a little bit of our humanity away. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Changes, change management and change is just difficult, just period. And now when you think about right now, when people are like changing on the personal lives front, like all these different things happening, it's definitely not easy. Well, it was so crazy. Like, you know, the shift to going remote and like, we were not set up to be a remote company um, (laughs) at all. And, you know, we thought it was gonna be like for four days, um, like like one week max. Um, And so like, there was this massive shift and I was like, I've never dialed into a Zoom in my life. Um, So like, we were just not set up to be remote. So there was this massive learning curve where it was like, oh my God, we've got to work from our computer screens now. How how are we going to do this? So that felt overwhelming. And it was like, oh, wow, now I actually can't leave my house except in full hazmat gear to like go get some sliced turkey. And so you eventually adapted to that. You started getting these like small comforts back. Like, I don't know, drinking outside, which was like celebratory for me. And now we're back in the shift where it's like, what does normal look like? Like, do you come back to an office? And it's like, your body is, it's like anticipatory grief. <laughs> right, right, right. It's just like, it's like sitting there anticipating another it's the uncertainty. Yeah. It's the uncertainty, uncertainty. Like it's so challenging. And it's been um, like a human moment here. We were doing it all hands. And I was like, I can, I know this is stressing people out so much that we don't have all of the answers, but I'm literally reading the same news articles that you are. I don't know what January right. looks like. I don't know what March looks like. I don't know what 2024 looks like right now. And that, I think that's been challenging. I think yeah. from a leadership perspective, if I can just be open and vulnerable, just yeah. that like everybody has access to the same information, but nobody really knows what to do with it. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that's something that one of the you know, the, the folks that in our podcast talked about is, you know, like vulnerability is super important. Like when you actually just get real with people and you're like, okay, there's a lot of things happening and this is the purpose of the change, right? Like, but it's sometimes you have a lot of uncertainty and it's totally okay to be upfront about that. Right. So yeah, you have to be, it's also like people can smell it when you're not, I actually, I don't really know any other way to be. I'm a highly emotional person and it's a great strength, but it is all, it also uh, causes some trouble every now and then. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, you have to be, and it's, it's been like, I think this year has proved it more than anything. Like everybody's kind of in it together and nobody really knows what next month looks like. And you have to be okay with that and together in that. And I think that that there's a new camaraderie at work because of that. Absolutely. Um, last question for you. So we've talked a lot about these, uh, employees who we can, you know, we can create the happiness or happy environment where it can lead them to be successful and happy. What do you do when you have those low performers? This is kind of a challenging question. So I'm going to take it back a couple steps. I think that many times you have a low performer because they don't have clarity. And this was something that I was sort of touching on at the beginning. You have to know what good, great, exceptional looks like in your job. 
in order to do that. You know, there are very few people who can have no idea what's expected of them and still exceed expectations. And a lot of times I think that's like the mystery around non-performers and it, it shouldn't be a mystery. It's like, they're missing feedback. They're missing clarity. They're missing expectations. And like I said, there are some people who can just like look at a problem and make magic happen, but that's kind of an unrealistic expectation to have for everybody. Right. And so I really think that low performers are born out of a lack of clarity, which then breeds a lack of motivation. If you don't know how to do your job well, you're not super motivated. Cause I don't think anybody like walks into work every day and is right. like, I am here to disappoint people today. <laughs> right. Like that's not anybody's intention. And so if you look at it from that way and sit there and ask yourself, like, have I made, you know, their role clear? Have I made it known what I expected them to do that? Have I given them as their manager? And this is the role that managers play in successful employees, I think. Have I given them the resources, the tools, and the training to do what's expected of them? And if not, they're not the low performer you are, you know, and I that you need to kind of flip that. And so one thing that we did is we made internal job descriptions for every single role in the company. And it's literally, this is what amazing looks like. This is what great looks like. This is what I'm learning. Maybe I'm in a new position looks like. And this is what falling below expectations looks like for every single core deliverable. Nice. And they're available for people to see. And like, I use those in performance reviews being like, you are killing it right here. And we just put this on your plate. So you're still learning and that's fine. But in six months, I expect you to be here and this is not going to get you to do that. So I think with low performers, you owe them clarity and you need to look a little bit inward and ask yourself if you've given them the resources and tools and training to do the job. And if you have done all that, if you've been clear and they're set up for success, maybe it's just not not the right fit. And then I move very quickly to low performers or demotivating. And so if the problem is not on you and you've been, you know, you're, you're self-aware enough to really realize if it is you, then you need to figure out a way to manage out kindly. And I, I am passionate about that as well. Got it. Yeah. And, and I love kind of what you talked about in terms of clarity and the resources and tools. I, 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 I have like a little framework in my mind as well, which is around like clarity, capability, and mm-hmm. capacity, right? Mm-hmm. So like you need to that. make sure that people know what they're doing have the time to actually do it and right. the ability to actually do it. Right. So, right. um, and yeah, those things help a significant amount for sure. I don't practice them all the time, but <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. You, you need something to aspire to, you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Awesome. I actually have one last question. Yeah, for hit me, you. Hit me, hit me. Uh, favorite Broadway show. Oh God. I'm actually seeing Hamilton tonight. It's the first time I've been back in a theater since COVID. Um, you know, actually like I am, I'm kind of a weirdo. Like I do love big sparkly Broadway musicals, but like what I miss the most is like the dingy, like downtown (laughs) off Broadway. Yeah. 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 Where it's like, if you drag anybody who's not a theater person, they're just like, what the hell do you do with your life? Yeah. Um, Those, those tend to be my favorite. So when those come back, I'll be a happy camper. Awesome. Awesome. I think uh, the one that I watched that I really liked was um, Book of Mormon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that in Chicago. Um, yeah. I'd had a few margaritas beforehand, so I thought it was extra funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought that was pretty good. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time, Allie. Where can the audience find you or your thought leadership as well as Wonderkin? Oh, well, I would love them to come to wonderkin.co 
not wonderkin.com, wonderkin.co. And if they feel so inclined to apply for a job, we are hiring, 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 and you can join one of our 750 plus wonderkins across the United States and London. Awesome. Well, everyone, thank follow you so me on much. on Instagram, but I haven't used it in like four years. So <laughs> a very boring follow for you. Perfect. Perfect. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to Working With People. Feel free to check out other episodes on pavestep.com slash podcast. Thank you, Allie. Thank you. Have a great night.